your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make you feel like your family. They make you feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smooth. You're listening to The Cho Show, only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Show Show Podcast presented by TheSwapReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. We are back. This is day two of hopefully four. I, I, I do apologize if the audio sounded different on the Trayvon Corey interview. That is because I realized that I actually had my camera mic selected and not the uh yeti mic selected so if my audio didn't sound as chris i know trayvon sounded good if mine didn't sound like it normally has been sounding that is the reason why it was i forgot to check that because sometimes whatever reason it'll uh it, when my computer it does the self updates it'll like default to that and I forgot to uh, check that, but that has been rectified. So uh, the audio should be better across the board. But uh, we have a specialist. If you recall, we had on Alex Covado earlier this uh, year. We have one of the current specialists now. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring on my guest now. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma punter, Bo Phelps. Bo, thank you for taking time this afternoon to come on and talk to me. Uh, could you start by telling the viewers and listeners a, a, a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm a punter here at the University of Central Oklahoma. I uh, grew up in Piedmont, Oklahoma. It's about 30 minutes west of Edmond. Uh, grew up playing basketball and baseball. Uh, started playing football in middle school. And uh, from there, you know, just kind of fell in love with it and uh, got the opportunity to play in college. Now, when you, now, have you always been a, a punter throughout your whole football <laughs> career? Yeah, I would I'd definitely say so. Uh, my dad was a four-year starter at the University of Tulsa as a punter, and then I had an uncle that uh, was a four-year starter at Bowling Green, so it was kind of in my blood. So from the time that, you know, even before I was actually playing football, uh, I was out in the front yard punting footballs. <laughs> now, so I would I would imagine in those post-games, <laughs> kind of oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. There, there have definitely been some conversations that, you know, haven't been great, but you know, they've happened. (laughs) (laughs) Now that, that, that first in-game punt for you in in middle school. Now, were you nervous at that point or were you, were you cool? Like what, what were you, what were you kind of feeling? It was, it was definitely more of a cool thing. You know, I, by the time I was in middle school, I'd punted 10,000 footballs in my lifetime. So, uh, it was it was good, but uh, middle school was middle school was definitely interesting because you know you play with the the smaller thinner balls, so you know punting's already hard, and then you make the ball a lot smaller, and there's less area to kick the ball. You know it probably wasn't great. I I wish I had stats from back then to see how that went, but you know from the memory, I was the that was the greatest thing ever in middle school. <laughs> now, so so now having having to punt on those smaller balls has that now helped you? With a, a regular size football? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and I think a lot of it, you know, they said kickers and punters, you know, a lot of it's mental, you know, being able to do the repetition and stuff like that. So, you know, you get your middle school and, you know, you're not hitting what you see, you know, in the NFL or even in college guys doing. And then you get to high school and college and you start kicking a real football and it starts doing what you see other guys doing. You're like, all right, this is cool. I can do this. It's all good. But yeah, it definitely <laughs> has helped. It has definitely helped. Yeah, now that 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 first varsity game in high school. Now, were, were there were there nerves there at that point? Because you were amongst the big boys at that point. Like, if you mess this punt up, it's going to hurt your team. Oh yeah, and it's so, 
I had I had two I had two different head coaches in high school, freshman and sophomore year, and then the new coaches came in junior and senior year. And uh, uh, I believe it was my sophomore year was the first time I punted, and there was a junior above me that they did have punting, but I ended up getting to punt. And there's something different about going out there with guys that are way older you older than you, because like even today, you know, I've played a full season of college football, and I'm still 18 years old. So. You know, there's guys out there that are in their mid twenties, you know, sometimes even older and there's a little bit of nerves that go with that, but it's also kind of reassuring that like, Hey, I'm supposed to be out here because I wouldn't be out here playing against guys that are way older if I didn't have the talent to do that. But I would say nerves are a big part of it, but you know, that just means you're ready. Being a little bit nervous just means you're ready for it. And, and how, how long would it say for you to, it, it took you to kind of find your groove? Uh, I think, you know, it takes one good ball. It takes punting one good ball in a game to get in a rhythm. And that can last you, that can last you years. That can really, uh, that can really set you up for, you know, a big season in the sense of numbers wise, but yeah, one, one good ball just to get a little bit of confidence. It's, you know, a lot about confidence. And once you hit that one good ball, you're like, all right, I got this. It's all good. Now, uh, I know when I talked to your former kicker, uh, Alex Covero, he he talked about he had a checklist when he went to kick before the ball was snapped. Now, do you have like a similar process where you got to make sure that X, Y, Z is in order before this ball is snapped in order for you to get a good punt off? Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I always, my whole thing was already, you know, you go out there and the first thing you got to know is the down and distance. You got to know, is it fourth and seven or is it fourth and 20? And then make sure you got 11 guys on the field. And then it was really just a, you know, I don't know if you uh, keep up with basketball much, but I always tried to do, you know, the Russell Westbrook free throw, you know, the, and then, you know, you're standing back there and you're ready for it. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of my thing, you know, a good deep breath and then just be, you know, be athletic. You're, you're a football player. You're an athlete, just like the rest of those guys out there. And, uh, you know, muscles don't work when you're, you know, holding your breath and when you're tense, things like that. So really just breathing and, Focus in on, you know, all right, I'm about to kick this ball. Do good. And with, when guys are coming at you, because, I mean, they, they, they're coming to block that. So there's there's not only a small window, but, like, you have to focus on getting that punch while guys are heading to to destroy you in a sense. So, like, how do you kind of how do you kind of do that? I mean, because that, that's kind of a lot to focus on in a very small window of time. Yeah, I mean, it's the only position where, you know, guys that are running, you know, four, three, four, fours get to run as fast as they can right at you. And, you know, you guys try and hold them up a little bit. But, you know, I played quarterback in middle school and high school. So I think that helped a little bit, you know, knowing that, you know, okay, guys are trying to stop you from doing something that, you know, you have to do. And uh, you try not to, you try not to focus, you try not to focus on, you know, what's coming at you. But, you know, trust that, you know, your shield guys can protect you and, you know, the upfront line that they're going to hold them up for a second. And then, you know, trusting the gunners are going to get down there by the time, you know, the ball is caught. So it's a lot about trust. Definitely a lot about trust. And, and like, so in terms of like hang time now, how, like, is there, like, do, when you, when you punt, do you kind of know if a punt's going to get sufficient hang time or if you oh. kind of hit like a knuckleball? Like, do, do you know? Oh, as for soon sure. As that, you can tell. You can tell right off your you can tell right off your foot if the ball is going to be you know a good ball or not. I had you know, growing up practicing and stuff like that. You know, my dad would always be like, "Don't even look up. You'll know off your foot if that was a good punt or not. You don't even need to look at it." And uh, that was that's another thing that you know the jump from high school to college that you know, I think a coach would rather have, especially a defensive coordinator. You know, a coach would rather have a forty yard punt that gets fair caught and not returned anytime, you know, inside the 30 or 20, then, you know, a 54 yard punt that doesn't hang as long and it gets returned for, you know, 17 yards. And then, you know, there's always that possibility that it gets returned for a touchdown, which that's like the worst case scenario. And, and, and in, in games where there's high winds, because obviously you're punting in this state, you know, the winds are brutal. So oh. how do you kind of like combat that in those kind of high wind games? Yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely a, you got to drop the ball lower as a punter. I mean, you know, a lot of, you know, the biggest thing about a punt is, you know, the drop and if the wind catches the nose at all and it moves left or right, it can, it can be really bad. And we saw, we saw that a little bit last year. I'm not sure what week it was, but you know, I had like a, 
eight yard punt or something like that. It was really windy and it, it hit and rolled. I think that was the same week in the NFL where that guy uh, picked it up and punted it twice. So when I saw that and it didn't get past the line of scrimmage, I ran out there and tried to kick it again. <laughs> but, you know, it's it, it, it really is brutal. And I, I don't think people that haven't punted before really know what it's like to have to do that. And it's, you know, there's no excuses for it, but it's definitely a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. And, and as, as far as like, uh, like training wise, because a, a lot of, a lot of wear and tear is kind of on that one, your kicking leg. So how mm-hmm. do you kind of, um, I guess like manage that throughout the course of a season? Yeah, it's definitely a lot of stretching, a lot of rolling out, a lot of ice baths, and it really is just listening to your body. Uh, you know, they're like, just because I know you've talked to Alex, you know, there would be times where if he was feeling banged up or nicked, uh, he wouldn't kick as much. And that was, you know, that was a good, that was a good thing. And it's really listening to your body because, you know, if you've kicked 50 balls in a day of practice, kicking 50 balls the next day isn't going to do anything but hurt you so it's really you know regimenting how many am i going to kick today how many am i going to kick tomorrow how many going to kick the next day uh so that you're really ready for saturdays now because you mentioned that you you also play quarterback now so like i I know when you throw an interception you got to shake it off but i imagine Mm -hmm. as a punter when you have a shank you also have to shake it off but like how hard is that I guess coming back to the sideline after a shake and how do you kind of put that behind you knowing that you have to come out there the next time and make sure that it's not a shank again. Yeah. It's really the best part of the best thing to do is just flush it. You know, they talk about like, you know, guy played baseball growing up and through high school. Uh, you know, you gotta have a short memory, you know, a lot of these sports that we play are games of failure and it's, you know, the only thing that is a little bit different about punting is, you know, it's not like a defensive player making a bust and the offense getting 15 yards. Well, you know, they get, they get a couple more downs, you know, they didn't score and stuff like that. So if I go out there and hit a shank, you know, that's it, you know, you got to just flush it and go on to the next one and uh, make sure that you hit a good ball, the next one. But uh, the more you, the more you think about it and the more you, uh, I mean, the word that I would use is like stress about it, the worse the next one's going to be. So you just try and flush it. Uh, now your senior year, you, you you ended up being the top punter in the whole state. Now what what did that what did that mean to you, knowing that you set a top of all the punters in in high school football in this state? Yeah, no, that was I mean that was a that was a that was definitely a big deal for me. I try and stay humble, but you know you look at guys that were punting in this state. Also, you know you got guys like Cameron Little, who's the started was the starting kicker at the University of Arkansas as a freshman and. Uh, uh, there was a there was another kid that's at Iowa State right now uh, kicking there, and it's just the the fact to know that you know you performed better than those guys is a confidence boost. And like I said a little bit earlier, you know the more confidence you can have as a punter, I think the better the better off you'll be and the uh, better you'll do. Now, like during during now the, during the season, were you kind of keeping up with those guys? Like, was, was it like a, a little like? knowing that you wanted to top these guys, was there kind of, was there added pressure to that or were you just going after each and every time, just trying to have the best punt possible? Yeah. So my kicker in high school was, you know, pretty good buddies with all these dudes. So I heard, you know, I heard about how they were doing and stuff like that. I never really wanted to, you know, that wasn't the goal for me. Like, of course I wanted to be the best, but I never like, that wasn't the point, you know, I wanted to do well for my team to help win games. Uh, and, you know, for, and here's the, my playing quarterback, you know, I was a backup all of senior year and stuff like that. So mine was more, you know, I could care less if I punted the ball four times and haven't had an average of 35 yards. If we won that game, that was all that mattered. Um, so it really is kind of, I was more in the sense of like wanted to be selfless and, was more worried about the team than I was my own personal stuff, which uh, I, at first, I don't think I really was that. I think I was getting kind of prideful and uh, my dad was a big help in you know, kind of keeping me uh, humble in the sense that, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, but what's your team doing. Uh, and, and so when you were looking at potential schools, I guess what, what about UCO made you decide that that's where you wanted to play your college football? Yeah, my recruiting story is kind of kind of a crazy, weird one. Specialist 
you know, it's kind of, you know, down the list of importance for college coaches in recruiting. And so uh, my like where I thought I was going to end up going was UCM. That was only the real like bigger offer that I had. Um, and so I thought, you know, I was going to go there. Their coach had come down uh, for a family visit uh, and stuff like that. Um, and my whole thing with the COVID, you know, my senior year and junior year were those COVID years. And so there were no going to junior days and coaches really didn't come to like your schools and recruit like they can when, you know, there wasn't a pandemic going on. Um, but it was a Saturday afternoon and I got a call from a random number and I usually don't pick those up. And I did, and it was coach Bobek and he was like, Hey, uh, how fast can you come over to UCO? And I was like, okay, uh, yeah, I can be there in 30 minutes. And he went over there and, uh, he had me punt some and I had probably kicked 10 or 12 balls in front of him from one end zone. And we went down to the other one and I hit two or three more. And then I hit one that literally I think it was like 72 yards in the air and then it rolled all the way into the other end zone. And he was like, all right, we're done. And then I went home and got a call a couple of, couple hours later. And he was like, Hey, we're going to offer you a scholarship. Uh, uh, we really want you here. Uh, and you're the only guy we're really talking to. And so, uh, I didn't really have, you know, plans. I, like I hadn't really thought out, you know, do I go to UCM or UCO, but I ended up telling coach Bobek right there. I was like, all right, you know what? I like you. You're a good guy. Uh, I'm going to take the offer and commit. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it was more of like, um, it felt right moment thing. Uh, and I really did like coach Bobek. He was a really good dude. Um, and I was just excited to have gotten the opportunity to play college football, to be completely honest. Uh, that's always been a dream of mine. So that was, that was a big reason why I committed here is because I liked the coaching staff and, uh, I liked that it was, I honestly liked that it was close to home. Uh, and so you 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 get there and you're you're, you're battling Francisco Moreno and Francisco and, and he he ended up starting the first couple of games. Now at 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 that point, now did did you did you think there was a chance you would you would redshirt at that point and were you kind of prepared for that if that would have possibly been the case? Uh, yeah, I had talked to my dad about it. I knew uh, uh, Paco Paco started that first week. Um, and then I ended up starting that second week at, uh, Emporia. Uh, but my dad and I had talked about it and, you know, he was like, you know, worst case scenario, you don't play, you get redshirted, you get a lot stronger in the weight room, you gain some weight and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, that ended up not being the case. And I was grateful to have gotten the chance to play and I was excited for that. But, um, uh, I was, I was ready for, I was ready for either one of those roads that I was going to go down either, you know, it's not your time, you know, work get better uh improve or hey you're getting thrown into the fire as a freshman you know be ready to perform uh and so your your first game fort hayes it was i mean not for emporia it was a, it was a road game talk me through that first punt were there nerves were you were you were you ready for it? what was that what was that moment like I, 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 in my head, I thought I was ready, like really ready. And, uh, I went out there and hit that first ball and it was, it was a pretty good ball. And I remember kind of jogging off to the sides and Bobek started screaming at me. He was like, faster, faster, faster. You got to get that ball off. And I'm like, I'm like, coach, I'm just happy I hit it, man. Like, I'm just happy I didn't miss the kick. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was good. That game, that game was crazy. I had never, I think I punted 11 or 12 times in that game. I had never punted more than like five times in a football game before. It was, it was crazy how many times I kicked in that game. Now was the leg sore the next day? Oh my gosh, dude. I just, I, I remember we had, uh, we always had like Sunday lift and walk through and I remember getting there and I was like, I, like my right leg is numb right now. Like it is tingly. I don't know if you've ever hit your elbow, like on the corner or something. And it just kind of like just lingers. Oh, that's how my leg felt. It's horrible. But you know, you kind of push, you just kind of got to push through, you know, you don't really have any other options other than just go. Now, what, what, what would you say was, your best game last season? Oh gosh. I, you know, last season wasn't really, you know, what I wanted it to be. I was sick through most of the season last year. Uh, I got COVID a couple of times, still played. Um, and I got diagnosed with mono or tested positive for mono like week four. So I was like really low energy and it wasn't, you know, the season wasn't what I wanted it to be, but it was good experience and it was good teaching. And, uh, Another big thing, it was good to be 
humbled in sort of ways. I think, you know, God allows us to be, you know, humbled in certain areas when we get prideful, um, not to hurt us, but to help us in the sense of, you know, it's not good to be prideful or arrogant. Uh, and I don't think you treat people really, you know, as well as you should when you kind of hold yourself on a high horse, but, uh, best game, best game, I think was probably, I think it was probably against Fort Hayes. You know, I, uh, I had a bunch of fair catches that game and uh, I'm pretty sure I pinned, I'm pretty sure I pinned them inside the 20, almost every, every punt that game. So, you know, that was excited. And I always like to, I always like to joke about, you know, as a punter, you want to be the defensive coordinator's favorite, favorite player, you know? So that was, that was always my goal. Okay, now, now you mentioned that you, you, you battled illness throughout the season. So like at, uh, now uh, some people might've just said, it's not my year. I'm going to just pack it in. But you kind of pushed through that. So wh- why why did you f- feel the need to push through that and and and, and gut it out? Well, I mean, uh, there's always going to be adversity in life. Um, you know, I got diagnosed with type one diabetes as a seventh grader. So you know, right as I started kind of my football journey, you know, I got diagnosed with a chronic illness that you know doctors are like, hey, you may stop playing sports. You may not be able to do this. And I think that kind of just instills in you just like kind of not really a work ethic, but just like a grind kind of mentality that, you know, I can do this even, even if it's, you know, not great in the sense of performance or, you know, uh, it's not really hurtful or harmful to you, but it's just not what you could be doing. Um, I think that just kind of puts into your head, you know, I'm going to do this for me, uh, because I want to prove to myself, I don't care what anybody else thinks, but I'm going to do this for me. Uh, and that was, that was kind of what it was, you know, I didn't feel good. I was tired the whole season. Um, but I wanted, you know, I wanted to do good for the team. I wanted to do good for the guys that had put a whole lot more work than I had, you know, uh, looking at guys like, uh, Keats Calhoun, you know, I wanted, I wanted us to do good for Keats, you know, his last season, Alex, I wanted, I wanted us to do good, uh, so that they could go out on a bang. And I know that's not really what we got, but, uh, there were a lot of guys that, you know, deserve guys like Dante McGee, you know, upperclassmen guys that just deserve, they, those guys deserve the win. Those guys deserve the recognition and, uh, you know, the performance of, you know, what we did. So it wasn't as good as I, you know, we wanted it to be. And, but that's kind of my reason for pushing through. I just, um, I don't ever want to be the person that holds people back, uh, and doesn't allow them to accomplish what they've worked for. No, now you mentioned you you were told that you might not be able to 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 play sports. Is it so? Like when when that when you were told that, I mean, what like what what was kind of going through your through your mind? Yeah, um, at first it was a lot of just shock. You know, I was I was a healthy, crazy healthy kid. You know, crazy athletic, and it ended up being that it's genetics for me. So I keep telling, I just tell people, you know, I won the won the genetic lottery. I got I won the lottery. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, doctors, you know, and it's a lot of the time because they, you know, some people like that, you know, haven't played sports. They don't know what it's like. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't so much that they were like, you shouldn't, but it was like your health. It may be a little bit better for your health to have what most people would consider a normal life to be. But, uh, you know, that wasn't what I wanted to do. So I, uh, I just, you know, took it as, you know, you know, be smart about what you're doing. You know, you got to be a little bit more, more mature now. And that honestly, it was definitely a blessing in disguise getting diagnosed because, you know, I was a lot more mature than all the kids in my age. And that allowed me to work uh, from uh, to my goals a lot better. And I think that's why I'm at where I am right now. And so for for those who, who, who might not know um, about type 1 diabetes, so like how, how like what's your day-to-day kind of like management of it? Yeah, you, you know, you just, it, you, you want to keep it at a, you know, a healthy level. Uh, and a lot of the things with sports is, you know, activity makes it go high. Uh, but if you're not careful with the amount of insulin you're taking, it can also make you go really low. Uh, it was, it was like clockwork in high school for me, every practice, like in between that practice, I was, da- I was always down in a Gatorade in the middle of practice to keep my blood sugar up so I could keep going. Cause in high school for it was, for me, it was, you know, special teams straight to offensive practice. And then they would have me go to the defensive side of the ball to, uh, uh, not, I didn't really play, but just to, you know, just in case, uh, did a little bit of stuff at corner and safety. Um, 
but it was just, it was nonstop for, you know, three hours. And it was just making sure that, you know, you were okay. You know, you can fix, you can always fix a high blood sugar later. Uh, but it was always just making sure you didn't pass out and go into a coma on the field. Uh, but it's definitely just, you know, trying to keep healthy and it's hard. Um, but, uh, it's definitely, uh, important to take care of yourself. And, and how long would you say it kind of, it kind of took you to figure out that routine, that, that balance that, that you say now is, is like, like clockwork. Oh, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still learning, you know, every, every day is still learning because no, no day is the same. And, uh, you really just try to do your best and, uh, uh, make sure that you're, you know, taking care of your body. It's no different than, you know, somebody that cramps easily, you know, staying hydrated during the season, you know, we've all, we've all, we've all got our own stuff that, uh, we got to focus on. So I would just say, just, you know, making sure you're doing the best you can and uh uh keeping your body healthy uh and now at, at the at the end of the season coach Bobek he steps down coach Doral comes in so when, when coach Doral first met you all first talked to you what were your first Im- impressions of him he's a great dude I mean he's a guy that uh players definitely want to play for and that I think that's one of the most important things that uh you can be as a coach is somebody that uh can relate to the players and uh, show them that you have their best interest in mind. Uh, and I think he really does. I think he really does embody that. Uh, uh, he's uh, very positive and uh, is that's helpful. Uh, I know parts of the season last time, you know, guys were kind of down like, man, this is, this isn't, this isn't going the way that we want. And uh, uh, I believe that with coach Doral, say if, you know, playing a, if game, but if Coach Doral's the coach last year, I think the uh, the locker room environment is a little bit more up, and uh, guys aren't you know hanging their heads um, and things of that nature. But he's a good guy. He definitely cares about his players. Uh, and when we first met him, when he came into the uh, uh, the players' office and uh, the team room. Uh, everybody, of course, is looking up his name and looking up what he's done. And I think when people started to realize, you know, hey, this guy's the real deal, you know, this guy's done it before, uh, that kind of lit a fire in a lot of guys' stomach to work even harder than we already were. Uh, and you can definitely tell like a change in the environment that is up there now at the uh, field and on the team, you know. Uh, guys work a lot harder in the weight room. Uh, Coach Van Curen is uh, now able to push us a lot harder. And I think that new energy uh, is making him excited to see. He said something the other day about, you know, we're leaps and bounds ahead of where we were physically than we were last year. And uh, if that if that is the case, and I believe it is, uh, I'm excited to see how this season is going to go, if that's the case. Uh, and, and then your special teams coach, I believe, is Coach Curley. So what mm-hmm. what has that been like learning from him and, 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 and how did it go working with him during the spring? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we, we do some, we do some things a little bit different, uh, than how coach Bobek was doing it. Uh, a lot of it is the same, uh, but coach Curley is, you know, he wants, he thinks punt is the most important special teams and he wants, you know, he wants special teams to be the best in the country. Uh, and that, you know, that special teams wins football games in that sense. But again, he's very, uh, He's very, you know, excited and uh, he keeps uh, us, you know, kind of grounded in the sense that, you know, here's what I want, uh, get it done. And he expects the same of, uh, you know, of us as he does as wide receivers. You know, you should be putting an extra word. You should be uh, uh, really putting it all out there because the team deserves it. And, and, and on, the, on the individual level, how, how do you feel like spring went for you? Uh, it was good. I felt, you know, like coming over from last year being, you know, just kind of sick just all the time. It seemed like, uh, I feel a lot stronger now than I did. And it may not even be like a heavy correlation with, you know, getting stronger in the weight room, but just being stronger overall, like health wise and body wise. Uh, one thing that the coaches did ask, they, uh, they asked us to kind of change how we punted in the sense of they wanted the time to be sped up a little bit. So, uh, I have changed how I punted from last year and am trying to get used to that and speeding up the time and uh, allowing it to be, you know, to where uh, guys aren't having to block as long so they can go down and cover. And Coach Curley's biggest thing is giving, giving the gunners a chance to down balls. Uh, so, you know, as we were talking about earlier, the hang time, uh, that's a big importance. So I think, I, I think I've, you know, 
even like as I was saying with the diabetes, learning every day, I'm definitely learning every day how to get better and uh, uh, do what's asked of me in you know a better manner for everybody. Now, what, now when you when you said that you had to get the get the punt off quicker, just like I, how much of an adjustment was that? And and like, is it something that is going to take you? Uh, like time to get used to, or or, or do you think you, you kind of got a, a, a good grasp on it now? Yeah, I've got, I think I've got a lot uh, better grasp on it now. You know, at first, you know, as a punter, you hear, you know, Hey, I want you to change up how you do things. And you're kind of like, Oh, uh, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I really want to do that. You know, am I going to be able to punt the same, but you know, doing what your coaches ask is, you know, it's part of it. This is a business for those guys, you know, they're getting paid to, coach football so if they ask you to do something you know you should do it same way if you have a boss and he ask you to do something you need to do it um but i think i've definitely gotten a lot more used to it just working on it by myself and uh, i think it's going to be really good come uh, fall camp for us you know here in the next couple of weeks uh i think it's going to be interesting to see you know full operation with full team you know how much better i think i uh, i've gotten and then the sense of you know how much easier it's gotten to speed up that, you know, process of punting a football. Now, uh, in the past when I, when I've talked to staff, I've talked to Lane, I've talked to Kellen, they talk about the importance of the quarterback center relationship. Now for you, how important is that relationship with the long snapper uh, in terms of making sure that the punt goes off smoothly? Yeah. So, uh, we, uh, we, right now we've got two freshman long snappers that, you know, unless something changes, you know, those, one of those two guys might be the one snapping. Uh, we've had some wide receivers snap in the past, so I'm not really sure about the long snapper situation, uh, right now, but, uh, it's definitely like, you know, I kind of compare it to, you know, the holder and the kicker, you know, it's, it's that trust that, you know, this guy's going to snap the ball somewhere where I can catch it fast enough to where a guy's not going to be sitting in my lap by the time I look up to start, you know, punting. Um, and it's, it's, you know, like it's a trust thing. Uh, but it's also, you know, I don't think it's to the degree that, you know, a kicker has to trust, uh, his holder. Um, because once the ball's in our hands, you know, it's all on us. Um, but it definitely does. You definitely do have to trust him just to get it back to you. And you mentioned holding. Now you're 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 in and running for for that this year. So now, have, mm-hmm. what has that been like? And 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 how how do you feel like you you've done so far? Yeah. So I mean, I held on high school, and that and people think I'm crazy, but that's the most fun. That's the most fun I ever had in football. Is holding. Uh, you know, it's a small part of it, but you know, it's something that you know is enjoyable. There's uh, there's a certain level of you know stress and importance of it but i'm just trying to set up the guy you know coming to kick it to be in the best possible you know position to uh uh, do well for himself you know always have laces out get it down fast enough put it right in the spot that they want it uh but uh yeah i'm excited for that i'm hoping that that's also a uh, job i get this year uh because i i enjoy that i enjoy that a ton holding uh and 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 now we, we we touched earlier about punting into the wing now, when the wind's behind you, does that also change how you punt the ball? Yeah, um, that was that was one reason I think that I was um, as good as I was in high school is just play, being smart, you know, knowing what the wind does to a football. Uh, and as a punter, uh, a wind straight at your back, you know, it's not like a kicker where, you know, it's only going to help you. When the wind's right over your head at your back, it's really hard for a football to turn over, which is what we want as a punt. Uh but, you know, so if you know the winds, you know, straight over your back, you know, might kick it a little bit higher and not really worry about it turning over and let the wind carry it like it would a kick. Um, or if you've got a wind over your left shoulder, you might aim a little bit left of where you're wanting to kick it to help that ball when it does get up in the air, turn over uh, and get that couple extra yards. Uh, but it's definitely knowing and playing the wind for sure. Uh, and, and, and heading into fall camp, what what do you feel like you need to Im- Im- improve on the most? Um, for me, it's going to be, you know, uh, and I think this goes for every punter that has ever walked this planet is just, get, you know, being extremely consistent, you know, bringing the consistency to where, you know, all of us want it to be, you know, 10 out of 10 balls that we hit are perfect spirals. They turn over, they have good hang and they get good distance. So, uh, that's always, that's always the goal is to just always become more consistent, uh, 
And for me personally, it's going to be to hit the marks that the coaches want on uh, how fast they want us getting the ball off. Uh, and I guess my, my final football related question would be what, what, what are your goals for the upcoming season? Uh, and they're, they're pretty lofty for me this year, but I want to net, I want to net 40 plus yards this year. You know, I want to be the best, I want to be the best punter in D2, but I would love, I, you know, I want to be the best punter in the nation when it comes to college football as a whole, you know, uh, you know, if you can, if you can net, if you can net 40 plus yards, you know, you're one of the best in the country. You know, that just doesn't happen. Uh, and that, you know, that goes with that is not kicking touchbacks, getting balls fair caught, um, putting it in a position to where, you know, if you're ever kicking a pooch punt and you're trying to, you know, get it pinned deep and, you know, kicking it high enough to where the gunners have a chance to, you know, even catch it if you can hit it high enough or uh, down it before it goes into the end zone. Um, but yeah, definitely net 40 yards a punt this year uh, and not get any blocked. I know that happened a couple of times last year and that's always disappointing because, you know, it kind of feels like it's, you know, it really, I mean, it really is your fault. Um, and you kind of put that weight on yourself. You know, I didn't get that off fast enough. Uh, so I would say those are my two goals for this year. Um, well, but, uh, but before I get you out of here, we do this with all, all the new guests, kind of some getting to know you type questions. So, yeah. uh, your favorite sports team. Oh, uh, definitely has to be, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers right now. Baseball. Girl. Uh, you know, baseball has always had a special part in, you know, place in my heart. And, uh, I love, I love seeing, you know, dominant baseball teams and the Dodgers have always been good. And I, you know, I, I say Dodgers, but probably parts of the angels too, you know, Mike Trout, that guy's awesome dude. Shohei Otani, those things are, it's so cool to watch, uh, guys that can play baseball at that level. Uh, and you know, their peak time of playing baseball. So definitely the angels are the Dodgers for sure. For favorite uh-huh. sports team. Uh, so your, your, your favorite hobby outside of football. Oh, that's hard. Uh, I, you know, I, you have, you probably get you probably get a lot of the same, but video games are obviously way important as an athlete. You know, you got to play video games if you're an athlete. Uh, so yeah, probably playing video games, playing some COD or some Apex Legends uh, for me. Now, are we are we Xbox or PlayStation? Oh, we're Xbox all the way. I know I'm gonna get hate for that, but man, dude, we're Xbox all the way. <laughs> You are, I think, the third person outside of Coach Curly and, and Coach Doyle that's an Xbox guy. Dude, I'm telling you, it's it's better console. It's a better console. There's no argument for it. It's better console. Okay, wait, now, now, okay, so so now why why is the Xbox the superior console? Bro, I mean, think about it. You got Xbox Game Pass. I don't see anything like that with PlayStation. You know, Microsoft makes it. Come on, Microsoft's one of the biggest companies in the world, so you know it's got to be good with that. Uh, and a lot of it is just because of the people that I know. You know, everybody's on Xbox, so that's got to be. There's got to be the three biggest reasons on why. Okay, that's good. Because <laughs> like I said, everybody else was PlayStation. <laughs> it was either PlayStation and Buzz, or you was Xbox. Oh, you know, my gaming. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's friendly competition. It's like everything else, man. It's friendly competition. Oh, <laughs> uh, see. Okay. Um, is it your your favorite food? Favorite food, man. That's hard, man. I love food, but uh, you know, I can always go for pasta. You know, any type of Italian dish, pasta. You know, Alfredo, lasagna, stuff like that, for sure. Okay. Let's see. Uh, your favorite musical artist musical artist man that's that's hard too so many different genres uh man you kind of stumping me with that one uh <laughs> you know i like michael jackson i like you know i like sort of the kind of throwback stuff uh anything from the 70s and 80s rock wise uh but overall definitely michael jackson for sure okay so you you have a a, a favorite michael jackson song um Definitely, Billie Jean. Come on, that's a classic. That's a classic. You can't not like that song. That's a great song. Now, what I, I've been told the past couple of interviews that that the 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 ox cord in the in the locker room uh, is a very <laughs> sink or swim position to oh be my in. Gosh, dude, there have been some guys just get just oh just destroyed <laughs> by the music choice, you know. But then there's other guys like, you know, uh, QB1, 
uh, Stefan Brown will get up there and we'll, he'll put a little R and B on and everybody's kind of like, okay, this is, this is nice. A little change from the rap or the country. And I, and a lot of people don't know this, but Rob Fuentes, man, he gets on the ox cord and you have no idea what's about to play. It could be, it could be country. It could be rap. It could be pop. Uh, I'm pretty sure I heard classical one time when his phone was connected to the ox cord and everybody's like, what is going on? That guy's crazy. That guy's crazy in the head. <laughs> the guy's insane. <laughs> I gotta ask that because Noah Noah Doer told me now that if 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 they're not feeling the song, they will literally take the aux cord out of the, out of the phone. Now, oh yeah, I, no, and you yeah, and you you might not find your phone. You might not find your phone if you're not playing if you're not playing something that you know everybody's vibing to. Your phone might just go missing. You never find never to be found again. Gets thrown in the laundry bin, or you know, hit under a cabinet or something. That's your punishment for uh, for not you know doing what's right and playing playing some good music. Now I, I've been told now that uh, Robert and 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 Steph are solid on the on the ox. I've also been told that Jace Gardner not so much. Now would oh, that be God. a true fact? <laughs> Ah oh, man, you play, making me throw somebody under the bus. What are you doing here? <laughs> hey, you didn't hear it from me, but that is just a, there's a high probability that that might that might be the case. That might be the case. You know, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I should be saying that. Jason's gonna show up at my house to do this. I mean, I because now, 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 no one's the one that told me. So I just want to verify it now. <laughs> oh my gosh man can you really trust can you really trust people from carl albert though man noah jb mosley man i don't know about that and it's not just because i went to piedmont but you know you know yeah man it's well, crazy you know i don't know because now because mosley came on here Told me he was top two Madden player on the team. No, and- no, no. <laughs> there's there's four there's four freshmen that are better than him, bro. <laughs> no. Robert Gibbons, way better than Mosley at Madden. I, Noah Noah Dobson's better than Mosley at Madden. I'm trying to think who else. I've heard I've heard Steph. I heard Steph's pretty. Pretty nasty on the on the sticks too when it comes to Madden, but yeah, no, Mosley, no, Mosley's not top two. Is it because, is it because <laughs> Noah told me he's like five and zero oh against Mosley? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely the case, bro. They, our freshman, our freshman year in the dorms, that was all. You know, you're hearing screaming in the halls, and you're like, "What is going on? Somebody's getting murdered." No, it's Noah and freaking Robert playing Madden, or and then. You know, Kobe Stevens will walk in there and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna take you guys' money." You know, I, I, you know, I, I'm coming here, run it up. Yeah, Kobe's better than Mosley. Because <laughs> <laughs> Mosley came on here and was talking about how he had a no. playbook that was guaranteed to work. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a man. Oh. That's what happens when you come from Carl Albert. You mean you just think every you think every play is gonna work? That's not how it works in the real world. Oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He came, he came on. It was so confident. He, like, put out his, his, his gamer tag. Stop. I thought his man was, like, really. Stop. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. He can't. So I thought this man was, like, really good. <laughs> no. He coming to find out. That's not the case. You know who I'm really interested in? Man, I see Coach Donald all the time posting, like, you know, on Twitter, like, you know, come watch Twitch and stuff. And he plays a lot of COD. I'd be interested to see Coach Donald play some Madden. Yeah, because he, he he told me that he's going to try to get back more into Madden and, and yeah. 2K. But I know he streamed. And I think it was, it might have been, I mean, Kellen Culberson told me that Coach Droll streams. Yeah, yeah, he was. You know, that was one of the funniest things. I just, that first meeting that we were talking about earlier. I'm almost positive he was like, "Hey, uh, just a side note. Does anybody know the Wi-Fi password for uh, the quad? I'm trying to play my Xbox or PlayStation or whatever I got. I can't figure out how to hook it up to the internet." Dude, he he is crazy. I was walking. I was walking out of the facility the other day, and I looked down on the ground, and his his UCO ID was just sitting there on the concrete. I walked that back in there. Hey, you might need this, coach. It's so funny. 
It really had it definitely. If I can say one thing about when these new coaches have gotten there, it's been a lot more fun. You know, it's been, you know, kind of energy has been up and it's been a lot more lighthearted. Um, and that's what these guys kind of bring to the table. It's fun. It's fun to be up there again. Uh, now, now I was also told by Noah now he, he tried to play some Justin Bieber one time and uh, it did not end well for him. Now, I, I, <laughs> I got to ask. Now, like, has there ever been a time where maybe you you might want to put something on the on the ox, but have decided against that because you know it, it might not end well? Oh, every time I think about even putting my phone on there, I'm like, you know what? Probably isn't a good idea. You know, I don't. I, I know what happened to the last guy that played something <laughs> that nobody liked, so I'm not I'm not taking that chance. You know, I'm smarter than that. You know, I'm a punter. I'm I'm way smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I was also told that you, you really can't just go up there and get your phone after it happens. You got to kind of be sneaky. Uh-uh. And, and no, wait. that's what I'm, I'm telling you. Somebody sees you going to grab your phone and it's going to end up somewhere where you don't want to stick your hand down and get it. Or, you know, you're not you're not going to be able to find it. There's no there's no getting there's no getting there's there's got to be a punishment. You know, you're late. You're late for weights. What do you do? You got to sweep the shed. You know, you play a bad song on the ox. You know, you lose your phone phone privileges for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's brutal though. <laughs> oh, who knew the Oscorn had that much pressure? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it takes a different it takes a different breed to put your phone on the ox, man. <laughs> that, that's wrong. <laughs> Honestly, now um now, in terms of, of of gear, now the picture we have behind you is like you got a towel, you got some hand warmers on, and some oh, yeah. now. Now, now are, are, are you are you somebody like Mosley and Trayvon Craig that's heavy into the gear, or are you more just like I just need a towel and I'm I'm good to go type thing? Oh yeah, I'm I am the drippiest punter in the MIAA. I can tell you that much. You know, you got guys like Ethan Sosin from Fort Hayes State. You know, that guy's an Aussie. What does he know how to dress? You know, stuff like that. I'm the drippiest punter in the MIAA. This year, you're gonna see you're gonna see some stuff this year. I'm gonna go back to the. This is, uh, I'm pretty sure this is, that picture behind me is, or behind us is, that's either sophomore or junior year. And I think that is in the playoffs. But yeah, no, that game was like 34 degrees and, you know, it's spitting rain. Yeah, I don't know. It's like kicking a brick is what I I compared that to that punting day. Uh, But yeah, no, this year you're going to see some wristbands. You're going to see the, you know, the tight quarter sleeve shirt. Been been doing a lot of curls, try to fill out those pads a little bit more. (laughs) But yeah. But yeah, definitely, you'll see some drip from me. Now, I've been told that that Mosley will will offer his services to anybody (laughs) that... Man, the first this is and this is this is true story. The first time, the first time, Mosley wears the same cutoff every game. He wears the same cutoff every day. I have no idea where he got it from, if it was in high school or not. Same cutoff every day, and he wears he wears a like a like a sweat headband around his neck. And I've never understood that. Like you know, in middle school, the girls were used to wear those like choker necklaces, and I'm like, Mosley, is that what you're is that what you're going for? You know. The guy gets on TikTok and becomes a little bit famous, and he just starts dressing. He starts dressing crazy. It's like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know because I, I know when I asked him about it. You know, he said that he wasn't willing to help. You know, I- I- anybody that needs help with the gear, they Man. come see him. He makes sure that that you know. So I, I just nah. If you <laughs> if you want if you want to drip advice from the team, top three drippiest players are definitely Steph. Uh, Trayvon, and I'm gonna go with Kobe. Kobe Stevenson's got some drip on the team, you know. Really? Okay. Now, yeah. because, now when I when I talked to Kobe, I know last year he was he was pretty plain. Now he did tell me he was gonna try to wear some gear. Yeah. This year, now I didn't know if he actually had started that because you know I mean last year he literally was just like he had on high socks and hey was, hey the simple the simple though you know you can't go wrong with a classic look like that. No, I mean, you can, but it just looked weird because the rest of the secondary, you know, you got the yeah, town, you got the, the, the band. Yeah, the band. Right? <laughs> the band. And then there was just Kobe. <laughs> like, it was like a freshman uh, thing where they just like, yeah, hazy yeah, exactly, like nah. yeah. 
it's it's the rite of passage. You're just not allowed to wear anything. You got to go out there and just your pants and jersey and pads. That's it. You know, where you get you sometimes you get to wear your helmet. You know, not even all the times. So they make you make you stand on it on the sidelines or something like that. But yeah, no. I think I think Kobe Kobe looked good last year. Kobe Kobe played good last year, man. Kobe was a dog last year for sure. He did. He did. I I, I was I was I was very impressed by him. He was kind of thrown in there, and you know. He did. Mm-hmm. Get us just on a job. Um, he was definitely he was like he was like Landry's protege, man. Landry was hard on him, but Kobe always answered. Kobe was Kobe was a dog for sure. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, um, hmm. Well, uh, do you have any pregame routines that you normally do? Oh yeah, you got it. You got to get got to get the pregame pregame stretch. Got to go into the you know the weight room, kind of roll out a little bit, stretch, kind of get the blood, you know flowing a little bit because we go out there the specs go out there pretty early and i try to i always i got this is kind of what i feel like kind of uh hurt me a little bit last year we warmed up way too much last year i'd kick i'd kick 20 balls before the game i'm like what am i doing like your legs tired already like why are you doing this stop kicking footballs like go sit down or something um but yeah so that's another that's another change you're gonna see this year my warm-up routine you know i'll hit 10, 10, 15 punts, you know, get, get the r- rhythm, the groove. And then I'm, man, I'm waiting for the game. That's when, <laughs> that's when the, the cannons are going to come out and start launching balls, hitting nukes. Uh, see, um, well, I, I guess my, my final question for you would be, do, do you have a message to those that might still be on the fence about coming to give, give you all a chance this year about what they can expect to see if they were to come see you all play? Uh, you're here. The first thing is, you know, this is a completely different team than it was last year. And I think that's going to be proven the first couple of weeks. Uh, and I think that's when people start to notice, you know, you go, you know, you go three and oh, the first three weeks and people go, huh, that doesn't usually happen here. And that's when people start coming to the games. And, uh, you know, I have a, I have a tweet out there that, you know, I added like every Edmond, uh, high school, uh, you know, the Edmond chamber of commerce. And it was during the state games last year, the high school state game. Every Saturday, every Saturday in Edmond or Thursday, whenever the day that we play should look like that. You know, if you're a football at any of the Edmond schools, you need to come watch this because, you know, this is the next step for you. This is this is something that you can learn from. Uh, if you're a parent in Edmond with little kids, let them come up here and run around on the hills. and You get to watch a football game doing it. You know, it's win win. Uh, you know, they sell they sell our own alcohol at, you know, at these games. Come and you know, enjoy that. But uh, it's just, you know, the environment, you know, I think. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff about football that people don't really understand is the fans have a big impact on games. You know, if you've got, uh, you know, you go to Northwest Missouri, it was 40,000 people on hit, you know, you couldn't find a place to even stand to watch that game. And that's a reason that's, you know, that's part of a reason why they're really good. You know, the fan base is great and uh, you know, they bring energy, you know, you know, you're up by a ton, you know, those fans keep on and keep on. And I always remember from our away games, you know, the you know the student sections at like uh fort hayes state and emporia and stuff like that you know they were big you know people came and watched the games and that you know brought energy to those teams of course uh but it also gets into your opponent's head i remember you know i remember some things being said on the sidelines to play you know opposing team players that i was like i've never heard somebody say that to somebody before and i've got a funny story we're at we are at pitt state right and so it's like second down, third down or something. And, you know, we have that kicking net and it's like angled like this more for kickers, you know, punters, you know, it doesn't have that overhang, like kind of canopy thing that we, we can really kick into it. And I hit one and it can't, I didn't have my helmet on, you know, I'm just warming up and I hit one and it hit the net and it came back and hit me in the face. And those freaking, those kids ate me up. Oh my gosh. I heard some horrible, horrible things, bro. It, it, oh my gosh, it was horrible. But that's you know that's a part of football, and that's a big part of it. So you know, people that see this, you know, come watch us play. Give you know, give us a chance. Let us show you what we've been doing, and uh, I think you'll be surprised. Uh, I think you'll be surprised, and that's for you know, adults, kids, football players, teachers in Edmonds, you know, workers in Edmond. Come come watch a football game. Don't go to OSU. Don't go to OU. Come to Edmond and watch your football team. Yeah, I know that that was a point uh, for Coach Doral's um, in- intro press conference was was trying to make it people understand that it, 
it's it's Edmund's team, you know, like they're making it making he's making it more accessible. And I go back to I look at this past basketball season that that game where they where, where the men upset uh, Northwest Missouri. Oh yeah, on the court, and I'm like, yes. see, I don't, I, I we, this should be the norm. Like, I get we're, we're a commuter school. I get we're not. It's not like you're in the middle of nowhere, like you are at, at most of the other schools in our conference. But right. like, we we got the new stadium now. We got the upgrades. We got the new turf. They're building the new visiting stands. Got the waterfall. I mean, you got the facilities. It's just getting people to come. Past week one and homecoming, I think has always been our problem because that first home game, crowd is always great, and then it like, tails off, and then homecoming crowd is great, and then it tails off again. And so, like, I just, we can just get like a consistently good crowd for the other five six games. I, I think that it, it will do wonders because you know it's kind of you know. yeah. And I'll use this opportunity right now, man. I had a great idea. You know, fill the hill. That's what they need to do. They need to sell cheaper tickets and go, go, go bring a blanket and sit out on the hills at that, uh, uh, South end zone, go sit by the waterfall, enjoy the, you know, the ambiance of that. And, uh, they should be, you know, there should be family packages sold and stuff like that. Um, because, you know, we're a good football team. We're, you know, the, there's not, there's, you know, I hate when people are like, Oh, it's crazy. The difference between, you know, D one and D two, you know, I've got buddies. I got, I've got, I had a buddy from high school that went and played at OU. You know, the only difference between D one D two is size and speed. That's the only difference. It's the same level of football, the same level of football, size and speed is the only difference. Um, and I, and I, you know, our conference, it's enjoyable football. There are games where it's, you know, high scoring games, good offense, stuff like that. And then, you know, there's games like the, I would, you know, kind of compare to, you know, big 10 games, you know, defense is king and, you know, low scoring games, good defense, interceptions, sacks, a lot of punting, stuff like that. Um, but there's, there, there's a lot of football for a lot of fans and we just got to get them here. And another thing, you know, I would have if the coaches uh, would do this and I hope they do it. Cause I, I think I've mentioned it before, but like, Coach Doral, Coach Donald, uh, even the GAs, you know, guys like Coach Tweehouse and stuff like that. They should be going to these. They should be going to these high schools around here and you know talking to the football coaches. My uh, my defensive coordinator in high school at Piedmont is the head coach at Memorial now. So uh, Edmund Memorial. So like you know guys like that. Like that should be something cool that those coaches do. You know, hey football team, we're coming to watch you know the Broncos on Saturday. Clear scale calendars and then you know that turns into hey all of Edmond Memorial come hang out at you know Chad Richardson Stadium on this Saturday I know you guys got nothing better to do uh in high school and things like that it's just it, it really is just getting people there and I think I think the administration is gonna do more you know this these coming years to get people at these games which that's exciting because it's a lot more fun to play in a bunch of, in front of a bunch of people I know I know uh uh like that Northwest Missouri game. Yeah. There were some nerves playing in front of that many people, but it was fun. It was loud. You know, it, you know, people were watching you play football. It wasn't just, you know, Oh, there's, you know, a hundred ish people here, you know, and coming from guys that are coming from big schoolers. Cause you know, Noah Dobson, you know, guys from Carl Albert, me, you know, we played in front of a decent amount of people in five a, but you know, the guy, all the guys that are coming from those huge Tulsa schools, you know, Booker T, Union, Jinx, Broken Arrow, you know, they're they're playing in front of a thousand people, more than a thousand people at times. And that's that's fun. That's enjoyable. And that, I think that makes you play better. I really do think that makes you play better playing in front of that many people. Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing is just is is getting people there. Cause like I used to be one of those, you know, I you know, I see D2, I'm like, yeah, it's probably not good football. And I went yeah. like my first game was I was with the the uh, student paper. And I, I, I was blown away. I'm like, holy cow! Like, this is this is really good football. Some really good athletes. And, and and then when you talk to guys, you see their stories. You know, like a, a lot of these dudes have D1 offers. And a lot of these guys have D1 talent. It's just maybe mm-hmm. grades here. Maybe they felt more comfortable here. Like, there's there's a lot of reasons. And so like, I think if you get people there, and you you give them like a good. I think our problem is like that that first game is almost like make or break, which is unfortunate. Right. Because in our conference, right, like there is no tune-up game. I mean, like in, unless you Correct. draw either Lincoln, Northeastern, or Missouri mm-hmm. Southern, like you're, you're facing somebody good, like immediately right out the gate. So that margin mm-hmm. for error is very thin. So like if you don't put on a show in a season right. opener, it's going to be tough, I think, to get 
people, you know, back. So I'm just hoping that, you know, and I'm thinking it should just because Coach Burrow's here, they're going to see this man won multiple national championships. I, I think that alone will get more, more people in the in the door. It's just trying to be able to sustain that throughout the course of the season. It's kind of always been, you know, tough for us. I think the last time would be 2018 was good, but that was also was mm-hmm. the year we went like 7-1 and one, uh, right. down, the, down the stretch. So, you know, it's just getting those, you know, people to come to come back and, and getting the students more 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 involved. But no, I, I agree. I mean it's 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 really good football and I think yeah. you know if uh, people that just look at the two after the D and not the overall picture, you know, they're gonna miss yeah. out on quality football. I mean and you talked to you talked about the talent thing a, a minute ago. Stefan Brown, he, he might he might be the best quarterback in the state. When you really I mean when you really look at things, when you look at, you know, athleticism, uh, ability to throw the ball, run the ball, you know, he might be the best quarterback in the state. Uh, our D line, our D line is has got to be the best in all of D two. You know, uh, Slater, Rob, uh, guys like uh, Mike, uh, and uh, I'm trying to think more of interior guys. Zane Adams, Hunter Largent. You know, those guys. These these are extremely athletic big men. Our secondary is great, uh, and you know the talent's here. The talent is definitely here. Uh, and what you said about the students ago, you know, UCO is what, like the third biggest college in this, in the state, you know, like enrollment wise, you know, where are those, where are those 15,000 kids that are going here to school and kids or adult, whatever you want, you know, just people in general, where are those people on Saturdays? Because if it was me, if I could drive five minutes and go see a football game, that's going to be basically the same as, you know, an OSU or OU game, rather than drive an hour to Norman or an hour to Stillwater, I'd stay in Edmond. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no, and I agree. I mean, I think who else for realize, you know, a, a lot of guys transfer down, don't play. I remember 2019, we had an Oregon transfer. He was like, a, he was, he was, he was under Armour All-American and he ended up being like third string running, but he ended up playing more at Oregon than he did here just because he was beat out by two other really good running backs. And so I think like if, if it's just, it's just, I, I mean, more people just see D2 and then they see OU and OSU and it's like, oh, well, it's better football, but not necessarily. I mean, right. you know, it's, it's it's one of those. It's going to be, it's going to be like, it's going to be a constant battle. I just think that, you know, at some point, I think we will get more consistent crowds. It's just going to take some time. I think once yeah. they, you know, I think it's going to take, you know, once they see this is, this is different. Like you said, I feel like it wasn't really a focal point. It was more of like, well, I hope we get a good crowd today. Right. But I feel yeah. like this kind of now being like more proactive about trying to go out and entice people to, you know, come. Because like I said, you know, the environment from the season opener to that final game, I mean, you could tell there was a, a, a big difference and, and not in a good way. So, you know, I'm yeah. just, I'm, you know. And, you know, another huge, another huge thing is, you know, the money. You see the, you know, the D1s have the TV contracts and that brings in a lot of money. And I know UCO doesn't have the best, you know, budget stuff going on right now. You know, think of if I was in administration right now, I'd be thinking, man, how do we make more money if we're having budget problems and things like that? Football's an outlet for that. You know, you get a bunch of people coming and buying, you know, tickets, season tickets, you know, sweet tickets, stuff like that. That's a whole nother source of income for you that you know could help out in other areas but you know we'll see what happens i'm excited i'm definitely excited for this year and the years to come yeah same same I, I'm, I'm really excited for that home opener i i know it would be a good crowd regardless because it's it, that you know the first game always always is but i mean i'm really excited to see you know that first in-person look and the first game's a road game but that first like in-person look to uh see how how I'm looking now i'm really excited because everybody i've talked to so far there seems to be a new energy uh, new determination to prove last year wasn't indicative of the, of the talent. So, like I said, I'm, I'm really looking looking forward to seeing what they put on the field. But, uh, and, uh, boy, I, I appreciate you taking time to come on on a Saturday. I know, you know, most of, you know, it's, it's it's tough on weekends. So, I, I appreciate you taking time on Saturday. And, uh, you know, if if you ever want to come back on, you're you're more than welcome to. And I'm, I'm wishing you the best the rest of the summer. And, uh into into fall and, and rest of the season. For sure, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Thank you, Bo. So again, I want to thank Bo for coming on. I, I didn't I didn't know he battled that much uh last or uh, last season, but you know, like I said, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what a healthier version 
of him bringing to the table, obviously you aren't number one ranked punter in the state for no for, for no reason. You mentioned that he felt better, he felt stronger during the spring. So uh, I'm I'm very pleased to see that, and I'm looking for hopefully, like I said, uh, hopefully uh, he he is he is in store for a better season. But I also found funny, and this is the second dude now that that's come on here and and. Uh, you know, said Jonathan Mosley is is not the best player in Madden. You recall he came on here that he was, you know, top of the teams in Madden, had a secret playbook that could not be uh, beat. But yet, uh, here we are now, there's here, uh, uh, Bo and Noah now have both said that uh, he, he is nowhere near the top. So uh, this is also, this is a very new, interesting development. Uh, I, I also... About the, the the ox cord just kills me every every time. How <laughs> cutthroat that is! I find that <laughs> I find that funny for some reason. But uh, it's good to know that uh, the brother Steph and 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 Robert are, are among the 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 S tier ox players. Also, feel kind of bad for man Chase there. I use the second guy since since Noah said he was the worst. I know the bow didn't kind of help ease that. So uh, this is. This is this very interesting uh, dynamic there when it comes to uh, music music taste. But uh, I said I, I, I hope you all enjoyed this 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 one. Um, to be back tomorrow. To be back tomorrow with a wide receiver. Now this this is you know, as you recall we had Johnny Bazell on. I think he's the only receiver so far. Now it, it might surprise you who I bring on because. If you watch the games, you honestly might not know who he really is. Now, I will say, his father is uh, is 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 among one of the better players in a specific spot in usual history, which is kind of what would make this uh, more appealing to me here, because it's kind of like a legacy. We don't really get that too often, so I'm really looking forward to bringing that to you all tomorrow. So. Uh, until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.